On this week's episode, we talk about the PC port of Zelda Link's Awakening, the official cancellation of The Last of Us Factions, the massive Insomniac hack and leak, even more insane details on the on the day before disaster, and more. All of this tonight, but first, on to that beautiful bean intro. <laughs> Welcome to the place where PC and console gaming talk combine. This is the Orange Box Podcast, episode 11. I am your host, the man whose PC port of himself requires a Windows Vista compatibility layer, Nathan, also known as the Frozen Gamer, 87. And joining me as always, the man whose PC port of himself was taken down by Nintendo, Justin, better known as I am Zericon. How you doing today, Justin? Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm doing well. Um, it's been, it, it's been a roller coaster of a week. Just uh, getting ready for uh, Christmas break. Mm-hmm. We've had so much stuff going on today that my, by the time I left the office, I my brain was just off. I was just, I was, yeah. I was, I was just walking on autopilot back uh, to my train. But um, one good thing that happened this week was something that came in. I uh. So I sold my Nintendo GameCube a few years ago, but mm-hmm. I saw something on eBay just because of the fact that for some crazy reason, every December, I just buy a bunch of Metroid stuff. I don't know why, but I just end up doing that for whatever reason these past few Tradition. years. <laughs> Tradition. Tradition. Yeah, I, I, I got to keep that up. But uh, I did. So uh, I saw this. Nice. I didn't even know that there was a... Uh, metroid prime faceplate for a gamecube okay but uh i mean i knew there was one for the pokemon gale of darkness uh, mm-hmm. but i didn't know they had made one for metroid okay so as soon as i saw that i was i, I said well i guess i'm getting a gamecube <laughs> so uh i bought that it came in i wanted to play some games on there but unfortunately i realized that my games, my uh, primarily Metroid Prime, uh, mm-hmm. is in a box, and I don't remember gotcha. which box I put it in. So, it, I'll, I'll eventually play it, but for now, I'm glad just to have that. But yeah, it's been an interesting week. So, how have you been doing? Uh, pretty good. I mean, it's it's been similar to you, an interesting week. But the plus side is that um, I am on vacation now. So I, Ooh. as of as of when, as of today, Wednesday at 11 a.m., I am not working until January 2nd. So, or at least not working my job, but I get paid <laughs> time off. So it's like I have, I think I have three regular paid holidays, one floating holiday that I used up for this, and then I had to use I think three and a half days of PTO. So, worked out, get a full 12 days off, including weekends. So, it's very, very nice to get all that time off. And I look forward to it. Hopefully, we'll get some uh, productive stuff done, but also get uh, plenty of gaming in. That's, that's the goal for the break. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, spending time with family and everything as well, but that's, that's a given. So, right. But yeah. 
So, what have you been playing this past week? So, to make up for not playing Metroid Prime on the GameCube, I played Metroid Prime Remastered on the Switch, and... Ah, uh, thank... Uh, it, it, the, I mean, I thought the original game still looked good even years later, mm-hmm. but the remastered version, it just... It's so beautiful, it's mm-hmm. so clean, and also something I did was just to see if i could do it i plugged in uh my gamecube controller into the uh into the adapter that goes for Mm. like really is for smash brothers but uh i tried doing that to see if i could play it with that controller and you actually can use that which is nice nice, especially if you use the original control scheme Mm. it works great the only downside is that because the game uh the remaster was made for the switch in mind for uh using the triggers they default to uh digital style so gotcha. you yeah. can't so if you actually it, it's a real pain if you're trying to lock onto something or scan mm-hmm. something you actually have to hold the triggers down all the way otherwise it won't register at all mm-hmm. um which you didn't really have to do with the original one right so I probably won't use the GameCube controller anymore just because I don't want to have to go through that. But other than that, though, it works pretty well. And overall, I mean, it's Metroid Prime. It's a good game. What what can I say about this game? (laughs) But yeah, it it definitely was fun. Uh, But next up, I also played Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And the reason I actually play this is funny. Uh, So my niece and nephew, they've been watching the Super Mario Brothers movie quite a bit recently mm-hmm. and uh they, they they really keep just talking about Mario and Luigi and Bowser and so I just put on Smash Brothers I said here's like the only thing I can think of that has all the characters right there something they can see if they want to play I know they're not gonna really be doing too much because they're really young but I figured that's something they can play they enjoyed it they they I, they kept saying Mario, I want to play Mario. I want Luigi. I want Bowser. Donkey Kong. And then my nephew, he kept... I I said, uh, so who do you want to play this round? He said, Dinosaur, Dinosaur. I said, Dinosaur? I said, oh, do you mean this one? The green one? And he said, yeah, Dinosaur. I said, oh, that's Yoshi. (laughs) Um, But it definitely was fun playing with them. One thing I will say, though, is that my skills in the game have dropped tremendously. Um, Just playing this game, I realized... Oof, I got so much worse. I mean, I remember ba- back when I was playing the game, I was like, oh yeah, this is so much fun. And I'm like training on level nine CPUs. I'm just like, mm. I- I'm-, I'm doing horrible <laughs> right now. Yeah. But um, but still, it was fun playing with them. And I, I definitely enjoyed that. Um, and then the last game that I played was Dragon Ball Xenoverse. I've been primarily playing just to get through the rest of the main story and so mm-hmm. i'm close to that i think i think i really only have one more saga which i think is part of the main actual story not part of like the original dragon ball uh storyline that we all know like the different original sagas right so i'm glad to sort of begin through it because while i think the customization and how you can comp- uh change your moves and everything like that is fun and i think the gameplay is pretty good unfortunately the game is quite a bit of a grind fest uh yeah like certain at certain missions you actually will be quite under leveled and you will actually have to grind and level up just so you can be 
strong enough to actually take on the characters you're fighting against. Yeah. Which is a bit of a bummer. Um, and then another thing which uh, is I found a bit frustrating is the fact that the game always is trying to connect to the servers, even if you don't necessarily want to. Mm. And the problem with that is that after a certain amount of time, at, once you complete a mission, the game will try to register your score to the leaderboards, but th occasionally it will fail. And so because of that, the game will kick you out and you have to start, like, go back to the main menu and then continue off from where you left off at. Um, and that unfortunately happens even if you're trying to just be in a single lobby without playing with anyone. The game gotcha. just constantly wants to update your scores. And, like, I don't care about this. I just want to play the game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's that's interesting. But, yeah, that's, that's what I've been playing this week. Cool, cool. Um, with your footage, I noticed you're fighting against Golden Frieza. Is Does it go into some of the Dragon Ball Super storyline, or is that just an extra thing? Uh, I think it's... Uh, I, from what I can tell so far, uh, Golden Frieza Saga, that's pretty much as far as it goes. I think that okay. at that point, Dragon Ball... Uh, Resurrection F probably just came out or just came out That's somewhat right. after the I game. about that. Okay. So yeah. I, I know that Xenoverse 2 definitely has a lot of super stuff in it. Gotcha. Um, okay. But yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since I watched Super and I don't even... I think that they... Well, I, I know that at least with the movies they went further because there was one or two movies that came out after Super and I haven't seen... Well, actually, I haven't seen any of the Super movies I've only seen. I mean, I watched the all the episodes. Uh, they weren't even done with the dub yet. And typically I watch with the dub, even if I can't stand cer certain uh, people who are involved <laughs> with the dub. But I, 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 still, I still like them. I, I, I like the voice acting in general. Um, even the, you know, fourth Bulma. She's not as good as the other <laughs> ones, but, you know. Um, yeah, so anyway, that's cool. Yeah, I've only played uh, Xenoverse 2 a little bit because that one came out on Switch during the first year, and I was really interested in it, but it, I fell off because it just... I found it difficult to control. It just... It was it was hard to wrap my brain around it, and it just didn't feel, like, super smooth. Like, I was hoping it would feel as good as, like, Dissidia does, because Dissidia just feels really good for having that 3D movement, but I didn't find that it, it was like that. It was just the, the controls were a little too complicated. But I don't know. Maybe you, someday I'll try again. Did you play a uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot on this on the Switch? No, I uh, Xenoverse is the only one I tried. I didn't want to try any of the other ones after that just because I couldn't get into Xenoverse too. Mm, okay. Yeah. I, I only reason I ask is because for some reason, um, and granted, it's been a while since I've played it. I felt that even though it wasn't a fighting game per se, because I was focusing more so of the action or adventure mm -hmm. RPG elements yeah. as well. Um, I felt that the combat and controls actually felt better in that game than in Xenoverse. Okay. That's good to know. Well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll look into Kakarot when it's on steep discount on steam. I don't think mm -hmm. I'd bother getting it on switch unless it was just for a comparison. So, yeah, cause I, I doubt it would run at 60 on switch and that, you know, for a game like I that, sixty would thirty. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's what it is. That's what it is for Xenoverse Two, so that's what I would expect. But yeah. Well, as far as what I've been playing, um, 
very obviously still continuing Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain, and, um, you know, enjoying that. Um, I did actually, I, I looked it up and I was able to figure out how to get the, um, get the frame rate unlocked so that it doesn't just stay at 60. It doesn't cap at 60. It, it will go up to 90 um, on the Steam Deck OLED. So that's really cool. I didn't have to adjust any settings or anything. I just, un I just, uh, like you go into the config file and then you just change the frame rate, frame rate um, to variable instead of, I can't remember what it was before. I think it was maybe auto is what it had it by default. And once I changed it to variable, it jumped up to 90 frames and almost completely stays there. Like it, it very rarely drops. So just such a well-optimized game. And yes, the game came out eight years ago originally, but it still is a great looking game. And the fact that it, you know, I get three and a half, four hours of battery life, even with 90 frames per second, you know, looking as good as it does. I'm, I'm super happy with that. Um, but something that I'm kind of mixed on now in terms of its performance. Ratchet and Clank into the Nexus. So I played some more of that. Um, and it keeps 30 a lot of the time. But sometimes when there's more going on on screen, it will drop into the 20s. And occasionally even down into the teens which can be pretty painful. I don't know how it does comparatively on the PS3. That's something that I really have to look into, figure out whether whether this is just a problem with the game in general, like it doesn't always do that, because it is a really pretty game. Like it, it still looks really good, even though it's a PS3 title. Um, but it wasn't so bad to where I couldn't play it. It's just kind of like, okay, this is, this is not the normal thing that happens, and most of the time I still had enough. I mean, because of how much um, movement and everything else, and you don't have to be super precise, it's definitely something where I feel like I could deal with it a little bit as long as it's not the normal. Um, the funny thing is, though, that I think that uh, the uh, Rift Apart, the latest one that came out on PS5, actually performs better on the Steam Deck than Into the Nexus. <laughs> as a PS3 <laughs> game, a 10-year-old PS3 game. Um, but, I mean, I you know, I played probably like another hour, something like that. And, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's still a really good game, and I'll probably stick with it on Steam Deck just because it's so much easier to play it consistently on there than it is to play it on PS3 because I can play it anywhere. So... Um, at least for now, that's what I'm going to do, and I'll, I'll look and see if there's, like, a significant difference with playing it on, on PS3, or, or, I mean, if it's, like, basically the same either way, then I, I'll just stick with the Steam Deck. Um, I'll look some more into emulating it on PC as well, because when I emulated it on PC in the past, it only did 30. Um, it's just locked there, and I don't know that there's really any way to fix that. But if there is, then I would definitely consider just running it on my PC and streaming it to the Steam Deck. And then, you know, be able to get better frame rate and everything else. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but some other things I did, I decided to record some more of the Steam Deck versus Steam Deck OLED versus Switch OLED comparison videos. 
So the first one I did was Ghost Runner. Um, that one was an interesting experience going back to the Switch version because it's been about three years since I played it on Switch and that was where I played it the first time. I do think they have improved the visuals um, in handheld mode compared to what it was before, but the only way I could be absolutely sure is to go into one of the later levels where I remember it being really, really bad and just kind of see how it compares. Uh, performance seems to be about the same. Uh, maintains 30 pretty well. Um, but once again, there's like one particular level where I remember that it dropped down to being basically unplayable and I had to just push through it when I originally played it. So it's another thing I might check out just to see if it's improved. I definitely won't play through it again on Switch because the difference in playing it on Switch versus Steam Deck is just night and day. I mean, Switch, once I made a couple of changes to, like, the sensitivity for the right, right stick, and um, once I took off my uh, stick extender caps that I had on the Switch sticks, that helped a lot. Um, obviously they optimized it in such a way that it's it's made to work better with the short sticks whereas if you have the longer sticks then it's just it's so sensitive that it's really easy to get jerked off and because it's only running at 30 frames it it, it really just kind of messes you up so like when I was playing it that way it was one way I mean it was one thing and then as soon as I switched it over to playing on this playing on the steam deck it's like fast and fluid and it's very sensitive but because of the high frame rate uh, easily getting typically 70 to 90 frames per second sometimes dropping into the 60s um, it's just like it felt super super good so I was half tempted to play through it again but I was like no I better not because I've already played through this game a couple times and it's fantastic but I, I don't really need to to play this again so um but then i also went ahead and tested dragon quest 11 s uh definitive edition echoes of an elusive age or it's dragon quest 11 definitive edition s i i can't remember how the title goes anyway the point is is that it's it's these originally came out this was originally the switch version and then they ported it to pc and xbox and, um, it, uh, you know, as expected, Switch, basically about 30 frames per second, looks, looks pretty good. Um, you know, cutscenes are identical between the two because, uh, the cutscenes were not downscaled for the Switch, but then the in-game is where you see the, the main difference, and it still looks pretty good on Switch, but it's definitely more blurry, and of course, on top of that, there's also the reality that the, um, the PC version can easily maintain 60 frames per second, whereas the Switch is at 30, so. But that that one I haven't actually published, whereas the Ghost Runner one I have, um, I still have to edit that one. And then I also tested out Borderlands 2 on both systems. And um, surprisingly, it actually still plays really well on Switch. Um, I had bought it on Switch Oh, probably... I mean, sometime when it was on sale, I, I bought it on Switch because 
even though I had it on Steam for many years, I just I had started it and never gotten real far, and this was be long before the Steam Deck was announced. Otherwise, I wouldn't have even bought it. But um, so I, I, you know, did comparisons with those, and the uh, the Switch version controls really well, uh, especially even though it's only 30 frames per second, uh, it does have gyro controls, which helps a lot with aiming. And overall, it just it feels good, looks pretty good. Um, obviously, the PC version, the Steam Deck version, looks and runs a lot better. But I was still pretty impressed. Um, was, and it turns out that even though I had restarted it when I got it for Switch, I actually got to about the same point for both versions of the game even though it was like years apart both of my characters were like one character is level 14 and the other one's level 15 so i i don't know how that managed to happen but it did so um whenever i go back to it i will probably just play the pc version because you know i have a portable version it looks better runs better and I mean, it was yeah i don't know anyway it's not that big of a deal. Um, but some other things that I played this week. Uh, there was a surprise release of Zelda, a surprise PC port of Zelda Link's Awakening. And so I was able to get that running on the Steam Deck and it's pretty fantastic. I mean, it was already a great game, but just the, the differences, the things that they did with it are, are really cool and... Um, we might talk a bit more about that later, but yeah, uh, once I got it actually working on the Steam Deck, it, it worked really well and looks, runs great. Thankfully, it has a few quality of life improvements um, just in the simple fact that you can carry more than two items at a time, or you can have more than two items equipped at a time, is quite significant. Although, initially, it had the sword mapped to... Uh, the B button on the Steam Deck, which, yes, he normally has sword mapped to B, but B's in the A position. And then I I realized after a little bit that there that I could switch the positions on the controller, I mean, in the menu. So I did that, and that helped a lot, because I kept accidentally pressing the button for the shield instead of the sword, and it... Or, you know, I, I'd be trying to swing the sword, and I'd be bringing up the shield, and yeah, anyway... But yeah, still pretty cool. Um, but more significantly, I got my physical copy in the mail uh, imported from Play Asia of Sea of Stars. And I I got to play that a bit yesterday mostly. I played like a little bit today when I had some time. But um, I think I played like maybe two hours, two or three hours. Um or at least that's what it felt like. It was kind of spread out a little bit, but I'm, I'm digging it so far. Um, I mean, I, I still would... It's obviously heavily inspired by Chrono Trigger, which is my favorite game of all time, uh, but it's not as good as Chrono Trigger. However, it does look beautiful. It is a gorgeous game on the Switch. Um, just excellent pixel art, and the music is good, too. Um, it definitely had, I was expecting the soundtrack to be more orchestrated and it's definitely much more reminiscent of Chrono Trigger and being more like using an SNES sound font, it seems like. Um, 
but it's it's pretty cool stuff. I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm definitely gonna stick with it. Um, at least, you know, in addition to playing like Metal Gear Solid. But uh, lastly, I wasn't really. I can't remember what it was that really like um, made me want to do this. But for years, ever since I got the uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars collection and played Super Mario Galaxy there, I've been wanting them to put Galaxy 2 on the Switch because it just controls really well on the Switch, the first game does. And of course, I'm on the Switch it runs at 60 frames. Um, I mean, it looks fantastic, controls fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And of course, three years later and that game still has not come to Switch. Um, and so I finally just decided, you know what? I'm going to get a Wii emulator. And I found out that there was a way to get the controls to basically play the same as it does on the Switch while still having that 60 frames and um, you know the improved visuals that they would do if they actually brought it to Switch. And so I've, I've been playing some of that. And um, I, mean, I haven't played a ton. And I did... I was playing a little bit earlier uh, for my kids to watch. And I'm not sure if it's because of um, increasing the anisotropic filtering that I had the issue. But when I was doing one of the boss battles, it was getting pretty... I mean, it was like definitely stuttering quite a bit. And I mean, that was the only part where I really had that problem. But I'm not sure if that it was that or like a shader compilation issue or what. I'll have to go back and mess with it and see if I can figure out why it was doing that because it shouldn't be. Um, I try. I mean, initially I had it rendering at 1080p and I tried lowering it to 720p to see if that would help. Um, didn't really seem to make any difference, so I'll just have to mess around with it. I also had turned on HDR for it, um, but typically I don't think that really has much of an impact on performance, so... I'm not sure what it is yet. It's probably the anisotropic filtering that that it is what's doing that to it. So I'll mess around with it later, figure out for sure what exactly I need to do differently, and then um, play some more. But yeah, I, I, I dig it. I mean, I expected I would. Um, basically, just like I said, it controls the same way that the Switch version of Galaxy 1 does. Um, you have like the... The function that normally is mapped to shaking the Wii remote is just mapped to a single button, uh, which is so much better. <laughs> and the the um, aiming, uh, the pointer aiming is just gyro, gyro aiming. I mean, it, it loses center a lot, so you just have, but you just hit the uh, the Y button on the Steam Deck, and that recenters it, and that that works just fine. Um, the Yoshi controls have been mostly just fine with that, so. That's pretty cool, but I've, I've never played it before, because um, the first time I really played through these games was with the 3D All-Stars collection, and having them portable was a big deal for me, so like I played through all three of them back-to-back, 100%ed all three games, and um, I just, I really wanted to play Galaxy 2, and I had bought Galaxy 2 on the Wii U back when that first came out when they first started doing the Wii games on the Wii U uh, digitally. 
but because I hadn't played Galaxy 1, I didn't really want to play Galaxy 2 yet. And then after I finished Galaxy 1 on the Switch, I tried playing Galaxy 2 on the Wii U, and it was just hard to go to the Wii pointer controls after getting used to using the Pro Controller and even just the Switch by itself. So I ended up just not even really trying that. And of course, it was also hard to go back to the lower resolution visuals after... Mm -hmm. You know, having the the nice high resolution uh, visuals because that game looks. I mean, it looks like a modern game. It really does. I mean, in terms of the the quality, but I think. I mean, I don't know how much I'm gonna get to it right now, but I know my kids love Mario. My daughter, especially, like loves Bowser. Loves, loves, loves <laughs> Bowser. And um, so I, I might I might play that around my kids occasionally just for the sake of uh, just because they enjoy it and I mean I like those games a lot too they're super fun so then maybe eventually I'll go back to Mario Odyssey I don't know I still have a bunch of a bunch of moons I never got in Odyssey that I'm sure I could probably get now even if I'm sure some of them especially like on the dark side of the moon would be really challenging but if I could 100 percent sunshine and some of the really tough levels in galaxy and of course 64 were most of the problems were just with the controls above all else then i think i could probably pull off some of the difficult ones in in uh odyssey but when i as i play galaxy 2 i'm planning to 100 percent it for sure i'm because i'm assuming that it probably has mario and luigi just like the first game had after you finish with Mario, you get to do it all with Luigi. And assuming that's the case, then I'll plan on it. But anyway, I've talked enough about that. So you got any other thoughts before we move on into news? Um, no, no, I think I'm good. All right, so I touched on it a bit already, but we can still talk a little bit about um, the Link's Awakening DX HD port. And I think it's super cool that this thing exists. Um, you know, basically, I mean, like, they got rid of all the loading screens in between areas, which is super neat. And um, you're able to completely zoom out from the map and, like, see the entire map all at once if you want. You could zoom out and then keep playing with just a little dot of your character on the screen. If, if you want, you could do that. I've seen some people do that. I just I think it's really cool that they do that they did this. Um, of course, at this point, you can't get the file anymore. It already got shut down by Nintendo. Um, I mean, well, I'm sure that there's still a way to get it, but the site where you could get it before you can't get it there. As soon as I found out that it was available, I downloaded it immediately, and I didn't actually get to try it out until today. But uh, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I definitely think it's a very, a very nice, fun project. Uh, I think that if the developer did what uh, was done with the Ocarina of Time ports and the Super Mario 64 port, well, yeah, the Super Mario 64 port as well, as far as just making the uh, converter software and you just provide the ROM, then I think that there wouldn't have been any problems with Nintendo because Nintendo couldn't touch the other projects just because it literally was just the, the software was 
completely new. It's just that it converted the original ROM to the PC EXE. So I think that if they had done that, this, the file, the project still would be up. I think that the idea though is definitely great, especially being able to play the game all across the map seamlessly without any loading screen. I think that's pretty nice, especially also, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, being able to zoom out and see everything. Now, I know that definitely would be a bit of a problem if you're playing one the Steam Deck just because that little small screen yeah. and you're picking up that whole map. Uh, I, I think that would be a bit of a challenge, but that's still pretty cool to do. Um, I haven't played it yet. I um, I by the time I went around to actually uh, going to download it, it was removed. But someone did have a copy of it on a Google Drive, so I went and I got that. So I'll get back to that and start playing around with that later on. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's definitely nice, and it's good to see that we do our that you know more people are doing these ports and in fact even on the comment section of the video link that showed me it's like showing me all the features someone had mentioned that there actually was a link to the past port uh pc mm. port as well so i went and i downloaded that and that one also is similar to ocarina of time and super mario 64 where it you just need to have your own rom file and then it'll just convert it to an exe file for you to play uh, so again, there won't be any problems from Nintendo because it's not like they're actually providing the game. You actually have to provide the game yourself. Um, so, but I will. I mean, I am interested in trying that out as well, just because Link to the Past was one of my favorite Zelda games. So I'll also try that one out as well. Maybe I'll try both of them and see how it goes next week. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually have never finished Link to the Past. Oh wow. Um. Basically, the what it comes down to is, you know, I started with Ocarina of Time. That was my very first Zelda game. Um, then Link's Awakening was my second. But with Link to the Past, I have tried it a couple of times. Um, the furthest I've gotten in it was I barely got to the Dark World on the Super Nintendo Classic version. Um... And eventually, I would like to go back and, and, and get back into it, but I just have a hard time. I, I don't know. Something about it that's just making it harder for me to get into. And sometimes I just have difficulty with some of the 2D Zeldas. I don't know. I feel like all of them I fall off. Link to the Past, or Link's Awakening is the only one I haven't fallen off. But I do want to get through that one, get through Link to the Past, because I have I also have Link Between Worlds on 3DS. And I still would like to play that because that one really interests me, especially the whole mechanic of, you know, turning into a painting and going on the walls and all that. Um, plus, I just love 3DS games. Uh, but um, anyway, so I might have to look into that PC port. I don't know. I'm trying to decide if I want to do the PC port, if I want to just go back to the Super Nintendo Classics so that I can keep playing with the Super Nintendo controller to get more of an authentic experience, or if I just want to play it on 3DS, which is kind of my preferred way to play um, smaller handheld games, just because I, I like having that, that small, compact uh, method of playing, and it just feels a little more natural. 
I don't know. But we'll see. What I do really want, though, is I, I want to get that Ocarina of Time PC port and the Mario 64 PC ports. Uh, because, mm -hmm. I especially Ocarina of Time, I'd really like to see that at 60 frames per second. Because it's just like... I, I could see myself actually just going and replaying that. Because I haven't replayed that game in years. I mean, I think probably the last time I actually replayed it was when it came out for 3DS. So... 12 years ago. I think I've tried to jump back into it a couple times on 3DS, but I just haven't quite uh, been able to stick with it, and I feel like maybe having the higher frame rate would bring it back to life a little bit. I don't know. But anyway. Either way, I think it's cool when these things happen. I definitely want to see more and more of that. I would love to see someone do it with, like, Super Mario Sunshine, because I know that a lot of people hate that game, but I loved it. Even even the more frustrating section. I mean, yes, there were some very frustrating sections that were super difficult, but, oh, I mean, after playing Super Mario 64, the controls just felt so much tighter on Sunshine for me, and... I just had such a good time with it. I, I really, really loved that game. Of course, Galaxy is, is in many ways the best of those three. But I don't know. It's it's hard to say because there's like so many things that I love about each of them. And I, I can't really say that there's like definitively one that I love more than the others. It's just like some aspects I like better of 64, some aspects I like better of Sunshine, and some aspects I like better of Galaxy. And when I finish Galaxy 2, I'll be able to say if I like that or Galaxy 1 more. But anyway, I'm, I'm rambling. Let's move on to the next topic unless you have something else with uh, to say on those things. Nope, nope, I'm good. All right, so we had talked previously about The Last of Us factions being put on ice. And now Naughty Dog has officially announced that they have canceled the project. So, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I guess I can't say I'm too surprised uh, considering how things were going with the project, especially with, since, you know, starting all over again or trying to, tried to I guess, try to improve things after the feedback that they'd received for factions before uh but i i i, I it is interesting though because there was the statement saying that part of the reason why they they canned it was because they said well we would just we would have to decide if we were going to be a single player company or a multiplayer company which on one hand i guess i i, I guess i don't really understand that sentiment because could technically do both i mean i don't see how making a multiplayer game would stop you from being from still putting out single player titles i mean uh, i mean the only thing though would probably be because of the fact that they would be making this a live service game so they would need to focus on constantly updating it constantly providing patches and stuff like that so i can understand that Part, but I don't see how uh, overall it should detract from them being able to put out more single-player games 
but I mean, I guess it's for it is for the best, though. I suppose that it was canned if the if things weren't going so well for it, and if things honestly were just going to be who knows how when these games are when it's going to come out. Uh, and of course, Sony as a whole has been struggling. I mean, we talked about before how they cut the number of games they're going to release within the next few years in half <laughs> for live service games. So I think that this honestly is for the best. I know that people have looked forward to factions, especially since people who played factions on the original PS3 version of Last of Us. Uh, so I know that people are probably a bit disappointed, but on the other hand, at least you're not going to be getting a subpar experience that completely ruins the experience that you had in the original game. Yeah, there's just so many issues with this. I mean, on the one hand, yeah, it's good that that they're not getting a subpar experience and and all that, but at the same time, this is just kind of another example of of bad management. I mean, the fact that this this is something that was originally supposed to come out with The Last of Us Part 2. And then they decided uh, and, and it wasn't going to be ready in time, so they, they pushed it back and they said it's going to be coming, it's going to be coming. And then they decided to change it and said, we have a new vision for this. Uh, it's just going to be too big to be part of The Last of Us Part 2. And so it's going to be its own separate thing and it's going to have like a story and, and so on and so forth. And then Bungie gets acquired by Sony and they basically take a look at it and say, this is not going to work as a long-term live service game, which on the one hand, I, I see it as, you know, Bungie knows how to maintain a long-term live service game, despite the, the recent issues they've had. Um, but on the other hand, they really could just have put it out and done some basic cosmetic microtransactions and probably still could have done some good with it. Um, but, you know, after Bungie looks at it and says that this is not going to work, they put it on ice and then they finally decide we just can't maintain this because it's it's not something that we... we I, th I think they just had too much work to do and between that and the other two projects, single player projects they have working on, which presumably are Last of Us Part 3 and then a new IP. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not impressed with Naughty Dog as of late. Like, they, they've done some great games in the past. I still think their Uncharted games are great. I mean, they're, they're not like... Not that they're necessarily like the most inventive games or anything, you know, what have you, but they're they're solid games. And I felt like, especially with Uncharted 4, they did a lot of things to really improve the gameplay over the previous games, which the previous games were good, and I liked the stories and everything, and, you know, there was a good balance of stuff, but I felt like 4 did a really good job um, updating the formula and bringing in some of the things that they learned from doing The Last of Us, and... Um, also just making it a little more dynamic in terms of gameplay, but 
but they've just been stuck in this rut with The Last of Us for these past several years. And it's like the last time we got a, like a, a a new IP was the first Last of Us in 2013. And since then they've they've just been doing The Last of Us. Whereas in the PS uh, you know PS1 they had Crash Bandicoot, PS2 they had Jack and Daxter, PS3 they had Uncharted. And The Last of Us. They had three Uncharted games plus The Last of Us. Then PS4, they had Uncharted 4 and The Last of Us. Uh, Well, I mean, The Last of Us Remaster, but we don't really count that. And then they had The Last of Us Part 2. And it's just... They are so focused on making games that look super realistic... And tell a compelling story, whether you like that story ultimately or not. Um, at least in terms of how they tell their stories, they're they're good at what they do. Um, but this is this isn't a good thing. And right now, I can only hope that Naughty Dog can do some course correction and that whatever it is that they have to show next. First of all, I'm hoping that their next game that they show is not the next Last of Us. They need to show something different. They need to have a new IP come out before the next Last of Us game so that we're not going through this again. Because the reality is the next one is not going to do as well as the second one did. Because there's a lot of people who really hated the second part and are not willing to give them another chance. Anyway... It is what it is, and I just, I don't care about Naughty Dog anymore. As far as I'm concerned, Uncharted 4 was their last game, and it was a, it was a worthy send-out for the studio. And anything after that, I'm going to maintain the skeptical eyebrow. <laughs> so, anyway... Uh, any other thoughts on that? Uh, no, sir. All right. So this insomniac hack and leak. So to give basically a summary in case you have not been paying attention to gaming news as of late. Recently, uh, Sony had a big hack happen uh, specifically with insomniac games. And the hackers... Uh, showed proof that they had a bunch of stolen information, about a terabyte worth of stolen information, uh, that included not only stuff about unannounced, uh, or I mean about uh, projects that hadn't been revealed, or at least hadn't been like shown off yet, um, other than a teaser trailer, but also some unannounced projects they had pictures of actual employee passports to where it's like okay this is all like really secure information and they were requesting to get two million dollars worth of bitcoin so 50 bitcoin um as ransom and if if it wasn't received by this past tuesday they were going to leak it well it wasn't received and they leaked just as they said 
there was a bunch of information in this, and I, I don't have notes on everything, um, but most notably there was uh, plot information as well as actual, um, not just screenshots, but early gameplay footage of the Wolverine game. Um, there's also basically a timeline put up of additional projects they have planned, some of which are unannounced. And I'm not going to say the name of those until I put up a spoiler warning, uh, but I will actually... Uh, we can get into those after we talk about Wolverine a bit, because we knew Wolverine was coming. It was something that was announced a while ago. A lot of people were really hyped about it. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, there's also some information on the amount of money that Sony made off of its PC ports. And just even um, some of the Insomniac releases in general, like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. So, I think we should start off uh, by talking about that Wolverine gameplay. And we, we won't spoil anything, so if you, if you haven't watched it, if you're trying to avoid watching it, all we're really going to talk about is just our general impressions of what we saw. So, uh, did you have a chance to check that out? Yeah, um, I did see some clips, and unfortunately, the f I was able to watch some of the clip, the first clip you, you sent me, um, but I didn't watch all the way through, but when I came back, the video had been taken down, but I did actually see some other clips that had been posted, so I was able to, I think, get everything that was leaked, or at least everything that was shown. Um, I think that the gameplay... I, I, I don't know, I, I'm a bit in the middle of things like i don't think it looks bad but it doesn't do anything that really just impresses me overall um i think there are some interesting things there uh sort of like i guess what could be the equivalent of the fair takedown from arkham knight uh sort of like how wolverine focused on an enemy and then attacked them from a long distance Sort of like how, like I said, how you do the fear takedown Arkham Knight when you ambush enemies, focus on them, and you mm -hmm. can easily take them down. Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting since that's actually happening in the middle of combat and not, say, like during a stealth section. Mm -hmm. um, the, the 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 combat though as a whole, I think, I don't know I would probably have to see more of it just because I, like I said, I, I wasn't didn't think it was bad but i wasn't necessarily impressed by it granted i haven't <laughs> played too many wolverine games so it's not like i can say something like okay this does better than everything we've had before or this is something that i would have more expectations for it's just something that i guess i'm just really in the middle of the ground um i did see that it sort of has i won't necessarily say a complete sort of detective mode or not detective mode but an analysis section i know that i know that or at least it did seem somewhat short from what the clip i saw um and it was reminiscent i guess again of and i can't really say that i can compare this to spider-man because i haven't played this insomniac spider-man games uh so i'm just going to compare it to arkham like a, how in arkham games you had to analyze a crime scene mm -hmm. uh the ones clip i saw 
it did seem to do that, but it was actually quite a bit shorter. It really just seems like you maybe just look at a couple things and then you analyze what had happened. Um, I, so, I mean, I guess it's fine. Uh, traversal... I, I don't know. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to see there, so... But it, see, I, it did seem interesting. I mean, uh, Wolverine using his claws to sort of uh, slide down walls. That was interesting. Uh, I don't know. I, again, I just feel like... Uh, and I honestly, though, I will say that I think for an early build... It, graphically speaking, it looked pretty decent. Um, almost looked like it could have been something that released on maybe early to mid PS4. So for something that's just an early build and not close to being a final project, a final product, it's not that bad. I will say though, I thought his Wolverine outfit did look nice. I did, I did like the costume design there. So. Yeah. So I, I mean. Um, obviously I agree with basically everything you said. Um, some things that I, I, I did think were, were nice were that they definitely, um, made it clear that this is the kind of brutality you would expect from Wolverine in terms mm -hmm. of, um, it being more, it, it's, it's less like the, the blunt punches and kicks that you get, you know, with Spider-Man. So this is obviously this is probably going to be an M-rated game, um, would be my guess, based on what we saw. Um, obviously, early build, but like you said, it didn't look bad for an early build. Like it, it looked like they at least had done some touch up with the graphics. Obviously, there's a long way to go because it's not on par with, at least not yet. It's not on par with like the. Um, either the, any of the Spider-Man games that have come out so far, but it is, it's very clearly early footage. It's, it's obviously not anywhere near a final build. Um, I definitely kind of mixed on the traversal because it felt a little too much like it was somewhere in between Batman and Spider-Man. And like, I, I get that, they have to figure out a way to make an open world Wolverine game. And maybe some of those things are like, are, are something that more in the comics. I, I don't really remember him doing a whole lot of climbing with his claws and that sort of thing, especially not, um, you know, walking across wires like a tightrope. I mean, to the, to the same degree that you would see with Batman and Spider-Man. That part, I thought, was like, okay, that's a little... That doesn't seem like a Wolverine thing. Maybe I'm just remembering wrong, but I, I don't remember ever seeing anything like that in, like, X-Men cartoon, let alone the movies. I mean, definitely not in the movies. I don't know. It was just kind of weird to me from that standpoint. And, I mean, the other issue I have, of course, is just I don't trust Insomniac with the story after what they did with Spider-Man 2. I... I don't know. And I'll also say, I'm hoping that maybe it's just, like, early um, voice work and that they'll improve it, but I was not impressed with the voice actor. I just felt like he... he didn't have enough of the, like, 
gruffness that you normally get from Wolverine. It felt too much like he was trying to be Batman. Like, like almost like he was he was somewhere in between Spider-Man of the Insomniac games and Kevin Conroy's Batman. But I felt like he should have edged more towards Kevin Conroy's Batman and maybe a little bit beyond that because he's supposed to be a much harsher character who actually kills people and everything with his claws. Whereas, you know, Batman, you obviously have... He's not killing people. And Spider-Man's technically not supposed to be killing people. Sometimes I don't know how he can kick them off the building (laughs) and they don't die. But apparently... I'm not sure if this is the case in Spider-Man Remastered and Miles Morales because I didn't pay that close of attention. But apparently, if you look at the people who got knocked off the building afterward, you'll find that they're actually webbed to the side of the building. Which, if that's really the case, that's a really cool touch. Because that, you know, fits more in line with how the character is supposed to be. But, um, I don't know. This this Wolverine gameplay, I'm, I'm just not sure about it. And what... The big thing, obviously, is just it's the story. That's that's my concern. If mm-hmm. if Insomniac is going to do to Wolverine what they did to Peter Parker, ultimately with the second game, then I'm not interested. Um, but if if they treat his character with respect, if they treat him more the same way that the first Spider-Man game treated Peter, then I'm all for it, and I'm willing to give them give them a chance because it's like okay you know if you're going to create something good then I will give you the benefit of the doubt from that standpoint but I'm definitely not going to it's not going to be a day one thing for me even when even though um, you know it will eventually come to PC so that that's about all I have to say about Wolverine I think I can't think of anything else that really stood out to me other than what I've mentioned but even so, I mean, it's it's interesting to look at the early stuff. Kind of cool to get a, a little peek behind the curtain and at least get some idea of what's coming. And, you know, it's easier for me to be willing to wait when Spider-Man 2 just happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also... Uh... You just reminded me now of something else. The uh, the fact that Mystique was mentioned in one of the clips, and oh, yeah. I really got nervous about what could happen just because of something that happened recently in comics with Mystique that mm-hmm. I won't go into, but it was just one of the what even uh, moments that. It, it really took the cake. Like, a lot of weird stuff has happened now with with comics and modernizing things and making them for a more inclusive audience. But that one really, I think, took the cake. Um, so if, if Sweet Baby is handling this one, too, I can only imagine, like, oh, boy. Yeah. But, but one thing, though, I actually will say, uh, actually, when you mentioned Traversal also is... Uh, something that I hope they would do is they would give him his motorcycle because yeah. that is something that he has had before in the comics and in the shows that would and be cool. in the movies. If he has that, that could make the things a whole lot better, especially since it's not like he's Batman or Spider-Man where using your bat grapple to just like quickly get around or yeah. using your web to swing around. That's something that could help with him 
move around quickly so that way you're not constantly just jumping rooftop to rooftop <laughs> trying to get around. So that's something yeah. they could do. True. That would be cool. I'm not expecting it. I, th I think that, that they're probably going to try to do the rooftop to rooftop thing, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Definitely keep our eyes on it. Um, so additional things that we had uh, revealed through these leaks and this is going to be uh, semi-spoilery in just more more that it specifically talks about two projects that are currently unannounced uh, but you may have already depending on you know what you how how well you've been able to avoid it on social media you may have already seen this uh, so there's going to be spoilers here briefly and um, I'll make sure to mark off the section where we talk about this. And that way, if you don't want to know about the unannounced projects from Insomniac, you can go ahead and uh, tune out for a little bit while we talk about this. So spoilers starting in three, two, one. So unannounced projects, we have a Venom game that is actually supposed to be coming before Wolverine. Um, and additionally, we also have an X-Men game that's scheduled for, I believe it's around 2030, 2029, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember if there was a subtitle for the X-Men game, but, but both of them are supposed to be coming. I think they said Venom, it's like 2026, maybe. And then... Uh, Wolverine would be after that, and then they have like uh, another Ratchet and Clank game, which you know, with, with a, without a subtitle or anything, not surprising they're doing another Ratchet and Clank. That one's not really as much of a spoiler; it's just kind of like an inevitability. <laughs> um, and that one, I'm much more willing to give a chance, even though, unless it's day and date on PC, I probably would wait on that as well. Um. But yeah, I can't. I don't think there were any other other games on their queue there. Spider Man Three. Oh yeah, Spider Man Three. Yeah. But I mean, granted, we technically already would have guessed that that's coming. Right, right. It, it was an obvious thing. The Venom one was less obvious, but not surprising necessarily, especially because you basically got very little time to play as Venom in Spider Man Two. My real question is. Who is going to be wearing the Venom suit for that? Because Spider-Man 2 has it as Harry Osborn. Mm -hmm. And then they change Scream to be Mary Jane. <laughs> Towards oh, the boy. end. It made it made it made you want to scream. <laughs> yeah. Um I, uh, yeah. Uh, we're, yeah, we're not going to get into that, go down that rabbit hole again. Like I said, there's going to be spoilers here, so I we're talking a little more about Spider-Man 2 from that. But uh, anyway, uh, what are your thoughts on these? Uh, I'm, I, I don't know, uh, partially, for some reason, I feel like I've gone through some sort of Mandela effect because I almost thought that Venom had been announced for some reason. But then I kept going back and I'm saying that, no, this actually was new. So I am surprised in that regard that 
I don't know why I thought it had been announced, um, but I uh, the fact that it's coming out before Wolverine, even though that was announced first, is very surprising to me. Um, and it also makes me wonder when would they even announce Venom, considering the fact that it's coming out within say a couple years <laughs> from, from yeah. now. Um, I am also a bit surprised to also see X-Men uh, I mean granted they've got Wolverine so but still just seeing a whole game that though I feel like that would probably be a game that Insomniac would make multiplayer I feel I, I, I for some reason I just feel like that um, because I mean unless you just try to I don't know how you would try to unless you sort of made it level based um, or had some special way of swapping out characters sort of like you did in say uh, Arkham City when you were Catwoman and also Batman I don't know how you'd handle playing all those characters granted you probably wouldn't have a full rest roster so I also uh, so I kind of feel like maybe I'm hoping they win but it might be something where it's like Marvel's Avengers or say Gotham Knights or something like that where it's a multiplayer game but you can also choose which character you want to play as hopefully it won't be something that's live service though but who who knows with that um, one thing though is with Spider-Man 3 I'm I already was tapping out at Spider-Man 2 but I'm definitely tapping out at Spider-Man 3 just because it's bringing in it's rumor it, the rumor said it's going to have the spider-verse in it and i'm i'm tapping i'm tapping out that that's uh yeah yeah but um it is they'll interesting ha, they'll have all the spider-man except for peter parker except for peter parker because he retired uh, uh, but uh but yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting also to see, you know, some more Ratchet and Clank. Um, but I guess on one hand, though, it's... I guess this is sort of a shift now that Insomniac, for the most part, is now just doing superhero games now. Uh, which is kind of... I, I don't know. I, I guess it's kind of odd seeing them that this is now just their thing. They're just doing this one sort of genre per se um but i guess it's been because i guess because of the success they've had that they figured let's just keep going with it right. uh, I, I i don't know i guess i guess it would be nice to see something them to do a little something different though yeah i mean you think about it though with the exception of spider-man have I mean and like Sunset Overdrive when they did that, have they done any other genres besides I mean any other games besides like Ratchet and Clank? Because they did a bunch of Ratchet and Clank games. And um at least all the ones I played have been fantastic. Um I I have some of them that I haven't played yet, but I don't know. Sort of say. I mean, obviously they're they're kind of getting put in that mode, and um, if Spider Man Two is any indicator, it's it's not that they're making. Uh, it's not just that they're making superhero games; it's that they're ruining superheroes. Because, I mean, why not? The message comes before 
the rest of it. <sighs> Alright, uh, well, that's it for the spoiler talk, so I'll mark that here in thing. Obviously, it wasn't a real long thing, but... There were some stats released on PC port sales, and I'm not going to touch on all of them, mostly because I don't have the stats up in front of me, but also because uh, it's not super relevant. Uh, but I will say, basically, obviously, Horizon Zero Dawn was the best-selling of the PC ports because that was the first one that came over, uh, first of the first-party games, and, you know, it was people communicating with Sony, we want these ports, you know, we want you to bring the games over, so keep it up, and it's been progressively lower with each release that they put out um i think it i don't think it showed returnal on there um i think it only went up through like spider-man remastered and um what you call it um little big planet i can't remember if it even covered ratchet and clank i I know that they said with Ratchet and Clank, the sales of the PS5 version, that they lost money on it. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's one. it's not entirely surprising because a lot of the people who play PS5 games, or I mean, a, a lot of people who are um, PlayStation owners are are less interested in that type of game. Now, of course, you have you have some people who are like hardcore will buy every every game every first party game from Sony um, who bought it and then you have other people who are like I don't want to buy it as a cartoon game or because they think it's a furry game which I mean it's it's a ratchet and clank it's just it's been a thing <laughs> for for a long time you know since well for over 20 years now, I think. I think the first one came out in 2002. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. I'd have to look that up. But it, it's been around for a long time. It's a long-running franchise, and they're fantastic games. So. But, I mean, I personally, I did buy it right when it came out on PC. I don't regret it. It was a bit expensive for for a brand new I mean for as short of a game as it is but it was it was a really high quality game like it was it was a fun game it's one that I would probably replay because it's not terribly long um and I could play it all on my steam deck pretty much so that was a, a pleasant experience overall and thankfully even though it had you know rivet come in as essentially a female counterpart to Ratchet. At least for this one, there was no indicator that it was like, oh, she's going to replace him. Now, if they did that in the future and they replaced him, that would definitely be something where I'd say, I'm not supporting that because it's called Ratchet and Clank, not Rivet and I can't remember what the robot's name was. Um, and I mean, like, as as you, you switch back and forth between the two of them, no problem. And it was, it was a solid game. It was really fun. And just really well designed. As as expected for a Ratchet and Clank game. But anyway. Um, so yeah. The, obviously the PC ports have had diminishing returns. But a lot of it is also just because they don't go on sale very much. 
and PC gamers are perfectly fine waiting because we have more than enough games to play just from Steam sales. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people don't buy full price games. Or if they do, it's you know few and far between. Which I'm, I'm definitely more of a few and far between. But I think I bought probably more uh, PC uh, full priced launch games this year than I have previous years. Even though most of them I bought through Green Man Gaming, so I ended up saving twenty percent on almost all of them. So technically, I didn't pay full price. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I mean at least it doesn't seem like it's necessarily preventing them from continuing to port the games they still recognize that you know it, like it, it didn't take them long to make, to do these ports and they still made some money off of it even if like something with like something like Ratchet and Clank where they ultimately just lost money because it just didn't sell well enough for you know people didn't want to spend $70 on a short game or they didn't want to buy it because they're not into, interested in that type of game, or they, they they don't think they would be because they think it would make them look kitty or whatever. But anyway, your thoughts on these? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that obviously because of the fact that the game, the decline shows because of the fact that the games that were older sold more. Um, I also think another thing is the fact that these numbers probably would do a whole lot better if they were, if the games were released closer to the original date of right. the PlayStation launches. I mean, yep. like uh, some people probably some people might have had the games originally on PlayStation just didn't feel right. like double dipping. Mm -hmm. um, some people, like you said, probably are just waiting for discounts. I mean some of these games are several years old and yet they're near full price on PC mm -hmm. um, like that, why would you spend full price on a game that is already heavily discounted on the original console when you could just right. wait a while for it to get on disc on sale um, that's that 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 that's makes a whole lot of sense that's the what I did for Horizon Zero Dawn I waited till that was on sale um, even and granted even though I in that and I even bought it twice because I also got it on a GLG as well as Steam um, but I, I definitely do think that if Sony were to actually release more games closer to the original launch date I know they said they're going to try to stagger it by a year but and maybe that will make things better but at the same time I think that you're really going to do a whole lot better if you actually do release the games closer to launch because other, because otherwise some people might lose interest some people um, as you mentioned they've got already got plenty of games on their wish lists or already in their backlog they might not feel like going ahead and just buying the game right now so there are I do think there are a lot of factors in here but I think Sony could possibly make things better on their end if they just you know let, let, let just 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 make things better for us <laughs> also give us bloodborne please right watch watch day one watch day one sales just outpace horizon zero dawn's like lifetime sales on pc just one day it'd probably outsell the ps4 version 
Oh, I can see that happening. <laughs> I could totally see that happening. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I want Sony to keep doing their ports. They have some mm -hmm. quality games. And, um, you know, like, I, I definitely understand arguments that, you know, people have about the games being all very similar. And that's totally fair. But a lot of them are still good games and they're fun games and where they have, you know, compelling stories and so on and so forth. So, Sony, keep doing it. Keep putting your games on PC. Put them on PC closer to the release date. If you could do it within a year, that would be great. Because that would be a sick... You'd see probably a lot more sales that way. Um, because you have to realize that PC gamers are not, in general, going to go buy a PlayStation to play the game play the next game in the series. They'll just wait. And we will find other things to play because we all have probably most of us have embarrassingly humongous backlogs <laughs> of games and we keep adding to them with every Steam sale for the most part. So or you know Green Man Gaming Sale or GOG or what have you. Uh, you know redeeming free games People who use Epic, you know, will get free games as well. And like, we got we got plenty of stuff to play, so we're not in a rush. But anyway, all right. So now we get to move into the rather more meaty topic, and that is this whole day before situation. So we talked about it a bit last week um, after the release of the game. Um, I can't remember if they had already closed the studio by the time we talked last week. I think they did. Yeah, because it, it was yeah, because I was four days after the game released and it released on December 7th. So yes, it, it was before we recorded. Um, but we've gotten some more information from interviews from people who have worked for uh, Fantastic previously. And there's a whole lot of uh, interesting stuff behind this game and you know why it ultimately ended up being a scam and just some things about the about the developer or at least the heads of the developer that really explain a lot of what ultimately happened. So um, did you have a chance to watch the video and or look over the notes that I, I took on the video? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was a whole lot. And I, I, I partially, after watching the video, I wasn't entirely certain where I would want to even start just because there's a whole lot. And I mean, I, I guess just to start out, it, it, in a sense, I feel like two groups of people were overall scammed. Uh, one is obviously the consumers, but then also I would say the developers as well. They also were scammed, uh, considering the fact that a lot of them, they came from rural areas. They probably would not know a whole lot about Fantastic uh, Bros, but uh, the Brothers Fantastic, but uh, the fact that, you know, they went to, they said hey you can come, should come work for us um you can get some good you can, they'll look good on your resume and so you know people 
would think, well, it's the best we can do, so let's go ahead and do it. But the fact that also a lot of the developers, you know, their work conditions were horrible. Um, you know, work had, being able to, or being forced to do all this stuff and then starting over again, um, re redoing all of their work, that was horrible. They had volunteers who they cut just because of the fact that they didn't want any of their, um, they, they didn't want to show the fact that they really didn't have anything to, they pretty much just had vaporware uh, for their build. Um, so they had to keep that as hush-hush as tight as, as much as possible. They kept the people who actually worked in the game really small, uh, just to keep things a secret. And they even, to, just to even to make it look like they had some sort of legitimacy, they even roped in NVIDIA and IGN as well to help, you know, sponsor that. And they even gave uh, uh, NVIDIA a different, completely different build than what they actually were going to put out. Um, so, I mean, like, it's really... I really want these two guys to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Um, I don't know if there is any sort of warrant out for their arrest. I hope there is. Like, they're def they definitely should get some sort of legal prosecution. Um, just because... And I'm hoping that also that developers who worked on this... I hope that they can, you know, get some compensation, legal compensation for what has happened. I hope that um, they're able to properly also speak out about this in court and say, here's what happened. Um, like, just provide the, their testimony because they already provided a whole lot of stuff that we're now seeing around about the conditions of uh, their work environments. But I think that having more evidence to use against the uh, two brothers in a legal courtroom would really just help put them away, prevent them from opening up another studio. Granted, they was mentioned that they um, developers were offered to work on a mobile game, <laughs> which is most likely just gonna be another scam. But yeah, uh, and also I hope that whatever studio it is that they're sit that they claim it's that they are gets taken down i don't want them to even be given the chance just to pop up on a store for five minutes i want them just like completely removed from any sort of store but uh yeah i i just i just really want these guys i i just want these guys to have their day in court and really have justice served upon them because what they've done from, like I said, from two sides, from both consumers and the developers, is completely unacceptable, and they really just need to get a full sentence. Yeah, I think the big issue is we don't really know what type of laws and everything they have over in whatever country they're in. I know that they like got some funding from Singapore, but I some of it from from watching that video it sounded like some of it like they were in some way connected with russia and i i don't know how all that works um but yeah we, we have no idea what their laws are there compared to what they are in the u.s and whether or not there's any sort of way that they can actually be prosecuted for for this stuff so uh, but kind of covering some additional details apart from the stuff that you've mentioned um they kind of start they started off with this game called prop night in 2021 and the development of this game 
is one where kind of the uh, really bad working conditions were were very clear. Um, they'd have the developers locked in offices for weeks at a time, basically not able to shower, not even necessarily having time to eat. In a lot of the cases, uh, they basically just and they told the developers, "This is how games should be made." You know, we should be stuck in stuck in here for weeks working on this. They they released the game and it got some reason reasonably positive reviews on Steam and these brothers who run Fantastic basically just got huge heads like huge egos on them and they started to think that they were on the same level as Kojima and so after this game released and looked. Looked, I mean, was doing reasonably well. They they forced their development team to completely rework the visuals, the game's visuals from scratch, trying to make it look more like Resident Evil, and that of course caused the player base to drop off dramatically. And the thing is, is that like looking at the the original uh, trailer that they had for Prop Night, it actually looked good. Like the graphics looked good, and it looked like it was. It could be a, kind of a fun, interesting game. But they had their developers rework the visuals. That caused the player base to drop off. And so then they panicked and had the developers revert the game to what it was. But by that point, it was already too late. The damage was already done. And um, it just kind of... This is kind of like the beginning of the cycle. Like it, it's It starts off with this and then... They go into developing this um, application that's similar to like Teams, Microsoft Teams, and that sort of thing, which is something like I use a lot for work. And um, that it was functional and everything, but there's just other programs that already did what it did, and so it was it didn't take off. Um, and but they they had already at this point signed on with the publisher Mytona. Uh, to begin work on AAA game, which was, of course, the day before. Um, but the day before had a whole bunch of issues. So similar to what they had already done with Prop Night, they kept changing changing their minds on what kind of concepts they wanted to use, or what art style they wanted to use. Um, the other video I sent you previously showed some of the earlier versions of the game where it was more cartoony and that sort of thing or well, maybe not cartoony but it was less it wasn't focused on realism and um then they changed it a few times and like one of the trailers that they uh put out i think it was like january or february this year for the day before they had the person who was walking around was like a, a girl in in leggings in a uh, what's the word yoga pants you know, it's just kind of like, okay, you know, you're you're obviously appealing to a certain base here with this with these visuals. And it was just it was one of those red flags where this just doesn't seem right and it seems kind of empty and why do you have a girl walking around in yoga pants shooting at zombies? I don't know, but uh, I guess apparently the, the game was originally a lot larger before. And um like you mentioned, you know, NVIDIA was given that separate build of the game to show off ray tracing, and they fooled IGN, but that's not surprising given the <laughs> meme, you know. You can't spell ignorant without IGN. <laughs> I, 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 I used to think that was just really obnoxious, but the more I've seen from IGN, the more 
uh, as of in the past several years, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, but yeah, like the game was originally, uh, they, they, they created like 500 gigs of source code that never got used. And the released version that they, they put out a couple weeks ago was a tenth of the size of the original assets. So it was just significantly smaller. Um, apparently, the development of this game, they made the game and remade it five times. And the first four years of development, they actually, they actually developed this game for four years as a single-player game before they decided that they wanted to make it an MMO. And, of course, they've also switched engines numerous times. Um, ultimately, more recently, switching over to Unreal Engine 5. One of the reasons they delayed it. And two months before release, uh, the developers were told to make the game the game world look like Spider-Man. Like the Insomniac Spider-Man games. And they wanted to have like all the assets, all the like uh, the vehicles and the um, like items you pick up in the environments, like watches and backpacks and clothing, all be like super fancy, like high-end stuff. And they would just give like insane deadlines. Something something that, you know, normally should take you know a day or two at least, they'd say, you need to get this done tonight. And you have to get this done overnight. And then right after these people, you know, made these changes, then they changed their minds and they just tossed it in the trash, basically. Um, like you mentioned, you know, they, they were... Uh, people people wonder why it is that, that the developers who worked under the Fantastic Brothers didn't just leave and it was because a lot of them were recruited from small rural provinces and were basically promised you know the, the sky and beyond that this was going to be huge it was going to be huge for their career they were going to you know it's going to be great for their resumes all this other stuff and that it was going to be worth all all the work and these people just believed them because they, they just didn't know any better and so it was just like they didn't really have other opportunities and there's a lot of these people that they literally just went in not knowing anything and they had to learn on the fly how to do these things so it's just it's crazy and they'd have 18 hour days working in in the quote unquote studio which we don't even know if there actually was a studio they didn't get days off um they finally decided that they were going to start testing early this year. And they were told that if they encountered any problem areas, they weren't going to have time to optimize it. So they should just delete those areas, which is part of why the game ended up being so small and empty. And there weren't much of any zombies, even though it was supposed to be a zombie survival game. Um, then people who volunteered to help make the game as soon as they said that they wanted to work on the day before because they were excited about it they were immediately let go because it was vaporware and they didn't uh, the the brother fantastic did not want them to know 
But this was just vaporware. They didn't want it to get out. And then to make matters worse, on top of all this other stuff, the publisher, Mytona, never bothered to check on the progress of the game until November of this year. They sent specialists in to help with development, and uh, the specialists went back to them and said, there's no way we can save this game. It's just, this is not fixable. And so they they kind of had to just move, they had to move forward. And when it came to the time that they were doing the launch for the quote unquote early access, the Fantastic Brothers were not even there. They, they weren't there to help with the launch, help make any decisions. They just basically left it to these developers. And then all this stuff happens. It releases. It's buggy mess. It's absolute garbage. And the pup, and you know, they, um, fantastic, you know, lets their employees know we're closing down the studio four days after it starts. You know, yet another example of them being, con I mean, constantly changing their minds about everything, having these knee jerk reactions. And Mytona, the publisher, received all the rights to the game after this happened and just voted to go ahead and close down the project completely. And now, as you mentioned, employees are being offered to work on a new mobile game from Fantastic. Although I don't think that it's going to be called Fantastic anymore. At least I would hope that they would be smart enough to not do that, but... <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of information here, and I, I summarized it as best as I could. But wow, mm -hmm. I mean, it, I I do feel bad for the people who were actually developing the game because it doesn't sound like they were the ones who were really at fault. This was entirely right. a leadership issue, and these psychopaths who somehow believed that their Kojima—I mean, Kojima's crazy, but he's not a psychopath. He's just. Well, he's not... I don't know if he's so much crazy. He's he's weird. Eccentric. Eccentric. That's 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 the best word for it. Yes, he's eccentric. Uh, very much so. But I still think, for the most part, he's actually pretty brilliant. These guys are clearly not. And I think that they're not only not brilliant, but they're just kind of psychotic. Now hearing about all this, about these constant, like, shifting things back and forth, you know, changing things uh, after, you know, demanding that they make all these changes, this reminds me a lot. Uh, when I was in college, there was one point when they wanted to make updates to uh, the main building that we had for our campus, because it was a very small Bible college. And they had specifically asked one of the uh, missionary support staff who was really into all this stuff, you know, designing and um, had some good ideas of, of things that, of changes that could be made. They asked her about all these different, uh, about, you know, some changes that, that could be made and they basically gave her free reign to make some of these changes. 
But the thing was that she would start a project and then she'd get distracted and start another project and get distracted and start another project mm. and get distracted and start another project. And we'd end up, we, we, there was, we would have like the carpet was torn up, but then while the carpet was torn up because it was going to be replaced with uh, like some different tiles. And I think like some of it, like the entry was going to be replaced from linoleum to tiles and then I think the carpet was all being replaced as well with like newer carpet. But then there was also supposed to be, they were like trying to do like a border thing around um, on, on the lower part of the walls. I, I don't know what you call that part, but anyway, and then painting um, one of the walls, which uh, is supposed to be pumpkin pie, but really it was baby poop yellow. Um, and, uh, it was just like all these different things were started, but none of them were getting finished. And a bunch of money was being wasted on all this stuff that was meant to improve the building. But it's just like, there was no settling on getting things actually done. Instead of doing one thing, finishing it, and moving on to the next thing, it was starting one thing, then starting another thing. And starting another thing, and starting another thing, and not finishing anything. And it seems like this is a lot. This is similar, except in this case, it's it's that um, the things that get started just get completely abandoned uh, because the minds are changed, rather than because ooh, there's something shiny over there, and. While I get that to an extent, because I definitely can be like that a little bit when I'm like working on a project and then I get distracted by something else. The difference, at least in those cases, it's not like I'm leaving everything in uh, like a huge mess over here to start working on something else. It's more like I start working on something. I don't quite finish it because I need to because I realize there's something else I need to work on. And I don't know. It, I talked way too much about this, but after going through all this stuff, do you have more thoughts? Uh, I mean, I, I don't really know what more I could even say. Like, it's it, it just, it's just a horrible situation all around. Um, who knows? I, I mean, I'm trying to remember. I don't think I saw anything in the video saying that the employees weren't paid, but still I feel like whatever they were paid definitely was not worth the work that they put in. Like they definitely would deserve more than whatever they were promised. Um, I, I'm hoping that the people who were offered to work on the mobile game learn from like what they had been doing and, uh, and, and, and realized this will not be worth it. It's probably going to be something that is not worth the hassle, even if it's hard to find another job in this field. I will rather I would rather take that chance than go through this, um, go, go through what I went through this this previously. I, I hope that right. I'm ho also hoping that maybe if people who have worked in that project are able like or say even know people who are interested in getting into the field can warn them saying don't 
stay away from those people. They are not, um, they're not dependable. You don't want to work with them. They, it's not a good environment. I, I do hope though that they are foolish enough to use their same, uh, their same name just so that way it's easier to keep tabs on them. Um, right. Like you said, they, they might change their name, but I hope they don't just so that it's easier for us just to point them out, call them out, and then get them shut down again. Yeah, and even if they don't use the same name, if they show their faces, anybody who's seen their faces can probably pretty easily tell, you know, who they are and uh, what kind of, you know, people you need to stay away from, but... We'll see. I mean, it might be, you know, it sounds like at least some of this is more like a lot of these people signed on in the first place because of desperation. You know, they thought that this was a good opportunity and, you know, being in rural areas, not having a whole lot of opportunities in terms of jobs and everything else. Maybe they just saw this as a way out and or, you know, a way that they could make some money for their family, what have you. And they they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. So. Anyway, so that's all we have for news today, unless you had another topic that I missed. No, I don't think anything has popped up. Alright, so before we go into our recommendations and dissuasions, what do you want for Christmas? And this is just kind of like a general thing stuff that you, you, you want for Christmas. What are you, what are you hoping to get for Christmas coming up? Uh, this is something that I guess border borders on the realm of on one hand, I don't know just because I partially I partially felt like I don't know, like if it's something that I was going to get, I would just get it. But I guess one thing that would be nice. Uh And it's kind. It's kind of also. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. I I would like. Just oh well. Wait, actually no no. Uh, let me let me backtrack that. <laughs> I primarily would want something ju just to experiment with. Uh, just to experiment with, just solely to experiment with, say, a, um, an, an, an Intel GPU, just because I, I really would like to just see how it compares, say, like, I, I know that there have been comparison videos, so it's also, people have done analysis videos on it, but just also partially just to see how it runs in, say, Linux, I, I would just like to test that out and then make that comparison with something like, say, AMD, which has people it's it's known for being very linux friendly as opposed to like say nvidia so like just trying to do that that's something i like to see um i guess if it were games related directly i would probably say armored core 6 but i guess my either bigger thing i would want though just just get that game on sale on pc uh it's 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 been discounted recently for consoles. It's dropped down to forty, but I, I, I on sale. That's 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 my that's on my wish list is just to get that game on sale. Yeah. Um, 
so far I haven't even seen that one like sites like Green Man Gaming so far so that, that, I guess that's what I would say well I think that for the most part like like you typically if I want something I'll just buy it um I, I try to be a little bit better about that, especially since I am sole income from my household. Um, but like for for Christmas, I I asked my wife just to get me some practical stuff, um, stuff that I would like to have, but I don't typically buy myself. Like I asked for a an extra large cutting board, uh, particularly some something that's just bigger than what we have because we have we have some big ones. We have ones that are, you know, about about this wide, um, by like this long, and and you know, they're they're good size. But sometimes when I'm cutting meat, it just ends up being a little more tricky, especially like things like brisket or uh, bacon right after it comes out of the smoker. Um, just tends to be a little more on the uh, juicy side, and and so then it ends up making a big mess. And thankfully, it doesn't dry out or anything. It just you know, makes a big mess. Or when I'm like cutting up grilled chicken and stuff, just be nice to have a little more room to work with sometimes for that. Um, but I guess in general, I just I just want a relaxing break, and I want to actually be able to get stuff done that I want to get done. Of course, I have you know certain projects in the works that I would like to hopefully get. Um, enough done to where I can actually get it started for the beginning of next year like I had already planned but more than anything it's just kind of needing time to rest rest my brain and uh, you know get some quality time with the family and, and all of that so now I would never say no to um you know, new games, even though I definitely don't need any games at all. <laughs> Especially games that, like, either I don't have on PC or I don't have on Switch that I would like to do comparisons. Which, you know, there are a handful. Like, I, I made up a list. I was going through my list of, of all the games I have between both of those platforms, or like I have on Vita, but I don't have on Switch, or I have on Vita, but I don't have on PC, or vice versa. And let me bring up my list. I don't remember exactly how many items I have. Because, you know, I definitely want to do more of these comparison videos. And I just... I realize I have a lot of games I can do. Um, let's see. Where's my list? Okay. So. Um, Switch versus Steam Deck. Excluding the ones I've already done. We've got one, two. Twenty-seven games that I have on both Switch and Steam Deck. Hmm. Then I have like another thirty or forty games, maybe more, <laughs> that that I have on one platform but not on the other. Or the, I guess there's a couple of cases where it's actually I don't have it on either platform. Um, but you know, I just think it would be cool to actually be able to do. A lot, lots. I'm planning to just do lots of comparisons because I think that these are interesting. They've done really well in terms of views, and I think people are interested in seeing them. So, yeah. 
but I'm, I'm keeping my eyes open for sales, especially on physical Switch games. In the case of um, the games that I that I don't have on Switch, looking for for those. So, but yeah. Now, question. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you? And I know that you probably would be limited, but have you thought about possibly if it's something that is available? Uh, for all three, like doing, say, a combination of comparison for a game that was on Switch OLED, Vita, and Steam Deck mm-hmm. OLED. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have at least some of those. Um, Persona 4 Golden is one I'm planning to do after I get my physical of that on Switch, because I don't have it on Switch yet. So I was just waiting for a physical version. Um, there's, there's also um, a few other games that are on. Uh, all three platforms, some of which I have on multiple, uh, like um, Bastion is on all three, SteamWorld Dig and two, SteamWorld Dig two and SteamWorld Heist are on all three, and I have like Bastion and the SteamWorld Dig games. I have those on both uh, Switch and PC. Um, SteamWorld Heist I have on Switch, but not on PC or Vita, things like that. So, yeah, I definitely, I mean, there's like a variety of things like that that I would like to do. The Final Fantasy X games would be cool to compare all three of those, because currently I just have them on uh, Switch and Vita. But, yeah. Anyway. Cool stuff. All right. Recommendations and dissuasions. And if you have more than one of each, as long as we don't go too crazy with it, you can feel free to do it. Because I, I do have two different recommendations, although I have to remember what the second one is. So I'm going to let you go while <laughs> I think about it. All right. Uh, so my first recommendation is partially to close out uh, the Christmas recommendations that I've had so far this month is the movie It's a Wonderful Life. Um, that this is another movie that I've watched throughout the years that I've enjoyed. Last year, however, I watched it, and because of stuff that had been happening, for one reason, it really just clicked with me, and it really and I really was able to uh, connect with the film, with its theme uh, and its story, and I really and I especially I enjoyed it before, but I especially enjoyed it last year, and. I, it's definitely something that I feel like maybe it's something that could happen for other people. Maybe not necessarily even if they've watched it multiple times and they've just enjoyed it. I feel like maybe one time you watch it, it might just really touch you uh, when it hasn't done so before. And I think it's really telling the fact that this movie is at least, I'd say, 80 years old. Yeah. And it still is just so timeless and it's the fact that you know people say oh we've got to remake stuff for modern audiences but but a movie that was that old it's still just as enjoyable then as it is now and i would probably Mm -hmm. say even more so because it wasn't really released to acclaim when it released um right but it's still just a great movie christmas time to watch and Mm -hmm. i definitely recommend it uh, but my, uh, but since I get a second recommendation, I will say my recommendation is 
if you want to, and especially if you don't see anything during the Steam sale, try looking at a third-party site like Reman Gaming, Fanatical, um, Games Planet. There might be a better offer for a game that you want, uh, or there might be even one altogether, because I do know that a couple times for games that, uh, that were that during sales that they weren't on sale on Steam, but they were on sale on another site. Like I know that Dark Souls Remastered, that game is very rare that you see that actually go on sale on mm -hmm. Steam. Um, and I actually got that through a through Games Planet. That it was nice not having to pay, you know, whatever the full price it was at the time. I think it was like forty dollars. I'm glad I didn't have to pay that. I got to pay like ten dollars for the game instead. So oh, wow. that was nice. So, That's a good deal. So definitely I don't think do that. It never you know? goes that cheap anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just just do that instead of if 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 you can't find any good deals or deals that you like on Steam, just go to like another third party site. That's the one of the best things about PC. You got the options, all right? Yep. <laughs> You're not fixed. You're not fixed on things. Yep. Very cool. Yeah, so, all right. Um, first of all, I do want to say I totally agree on It's a Wonderful Life. That is our every that is our Christmas Eve movie every year. My wife and I watch that together Christmas Eve after the kids go to bed. So eventually we'll show it to them, but I, I don't think that they're really ready for it yet. And plus, I also just I love the tradition of us watching it together. So there's that. Um, but for my recommendations... My first recommendation is kind of more specific to just those people who have Steep Deck. Uh, but it's only because it's something that I only recently found out about, and I wish I had known about it so much sooner. It's a complete game changer in multiple senses of the word. Um, there is an application that you can get uh, through the Discovery Store uh, in desktop mode called Decky Loader. And I highly, highly, highly recommend it because once you install that, you can very, very easily add artwork to non-Steam games. And it is so much simpler than having to go through desktop mode and having to go to Steam Grid database and having to manually find all the things and save them and then load them in. Decky Loader, you can do... Once, once you have it installed, you can get Steam Grid database through that, and then every time, and, and then when you are, um, any of your games that don't have artwork by default because they're non-Steam games, you can, uh, you get a new menu option when you are, uh, when you select a game. Now you have the option to add art, to change the artwork that way. And, uh, and then it will take you to the Steam Grid database and you can, and it will search for your game and then it'll you, you select what you want for the one tile and then you move over and it lets you get it for the next part of that game like the alternate tile for that and so on and so forth so all the different pieces that you need for the game to have all the artwork filled in and it's it's just fantastic it's it's humongous it it's makes such a huge difference in being able to take care of that so Saves a lot of time and effort. So yes. Decky Loader. Hmm. Grab that if you do not have it. It will make having non-Steam games so much better. 
save you a lot of time and effort. Now, as more of a general recommendation, this one's for everyone, people who don't have Steam Decks and so on and so forth. Make traditions, particularly, especially around holidays. You know, it, it you may be close to family, you may not be. I, uh, before we moved down to Missouri, um, there were about five five years where we didn't have any family close by because we were still in Alaska and all of my family had left Alaska. So it was just me and my wife and our kids. And one of our traditions uh, during that time was uh, Thanksgiving. We would watch through the Star Wars movies. That is not the sequel trilogy. Um, we, we would specifically watch it in machete order. So we would watch episodes four and five, then two and three, and then six. And it's a fantastic way to watch the movies. You can, you can put Phantom Menace in there if you want in between. I mean, uh, before you watch episode two. But either way, it should be after Empire Strikes Back. Um, that was something we used to do. Once we moved here and we actually had family around, um, we haven't been doing that since then. But because we actually have people to spend time with. But it's still a tradition that we had started. And um, it was a cool tradition. And now we just have other various traditions. One thing that has held on since um, before we moved down to Missouri for me is that every year I will I will have I will play an Assassin's Creed game and play Die Hard at the same time. So I'll have <laughs> Die Hard on one screen and um, started with Assassin's Creed Origins now it's Assassin's Creed Odyssey because I'm still not done with that game five years after I start or no, four years after I started it though I'm, I'm very close now. Very close to being done. But um you know, just go around doing primarily like um, things where I don't need to pay attention to the story. Listen to Die Hard in the background. Occasionally, you know, look over and watch it. I've seen it enough times that I don't really need to. But it's just a tradition I look forward to every year. And um, you know, then there's another tradition we have as a family that has held on for years uh, since 2017, and that is uh, doing those crescent rolls stuffed with the cream cheese and sausage for. Thanksgiving and Christmas breakfast. And uh, there's various other traditions as well. But it's just, it's good to set up traditions. You know, if, if you can do stuff with your family, that's great, of course. But if you don't have family around, you know, whether because you just, you live far away from your family and, and you can't get out to see them or they can't get out to see you or, you know, you, you've lost your family that whatever family you had you know various things like that just find tradition something that can that gives you something to look forward to every year it's it's just a really good thing to do to help so those are my recommendations dissuasion or dissuasions if you have more than one uh i guess i guess i i just have one and it's something that i guess sort of is going back something that i had seen in various discord uh servers and that is people really r really being up in arms about insomniac being game just being leaked uh and while i definitely agree with them on the aspect about the employees having their information leaked that well that being bad 
I feel like people are really defending Insomniac and saying that the game shouldn't have been leaked when, or being discussed when people didn't show the same energy for other games that had been leaked um, for for other different studios. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I guess what I'd say is, don't be a fanboy for just one studio and think that it's only game leaks are only bad when it's affecting them when it happens with other studios so i guess i would say keep that same energy keep Um, that same energy (laughs) (laughs) and uh i guess i i would this one is more so directly for sony um I mean, I guess technically this is a recommendation, but I'm gonna frame. I'm gonna phrase it as a dissuasion. Don't do what you're doing for your security. Uh, improve your security. Like I, I don't know if it's a matter of, uh, a matter of just people leaking stuff. I don't know if it's a matter of. I don't know if it's a matter of people just you know not being safe with their credentials and stuff like that allowing uh hackers to get in i don't know if it's a matter of just general security being bad but don't do what you're doing try to do better in that aspect i it sucks that the leaks happen but try to tighten up security yeah i i would guarantee you it's it's one of two things potentially a combination of both Either people are A, just reusing passwords. So they have the same password for a bunch of different things. It's not particularly secure. Or maybe it is a secure password, but because they use it for everything, it's not so secure. Because then the, then the hacker can get into everything once they figure out the one password. Um, or they are failing phish attempts because, you know, for one reason or another, there's, there's lots of different ways that people get phished all the time. This is something I deal with a lot in my job, uh, you know, looking at um, both actual phishing attempts versus people reporting things as phishing attempts that aren't actually phishing or they're just spam, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I, th- I think that a lot of it is people are just getting fished and probably, you know, whether it some sometimes they can be really tricky the the fish attempts can actually be very difficult spot if you don't know what you're looking for um but really people just need to pay better attention to security training because i'm sure that insomniac has security training but a lot of people at least in my experience they just don't pay attention to that stuff they completely ignore it and then they get mad at us because they (laughs) You know, like they, they failed the, I mean, we, we have uh, monthly phishing campaigns where we sent, where um, our security awareness platform will send out fake phishing emails to test people. And then when they fail those tests, they have to take an additional training in order to uh, basically just in order to brush up and, you know, help them remember you need to pay better, you need to pay closer attention and watch out for these things. But yes, that's that's a good dissuasion slash recommendation. Um, my dissuasion. This is going back to the one I gave uh, before Thanksgiving, because last time, by the time you heard it, it Thanksgiving was already done. But my dissuasion is: 
don't waste time arguing with your family members during the holidays. You know, especially, you know, you probably, I'm sure that all of us, we have someone in our family who we don't agree with, whether it's politics or religion or um, sports. Well, sports teams are less of an issue unless unless you get, like, violent over it. But, um, you know, just if you know that there's a topic that you don't see eye to eye on, just don't talk about it. And if they try to bring it up, just just say, hey, you know, I don't think we should talk about it. I, I want to just have a good time. Let's spend, let's spend time enjoying each other's company during the holidays. And I know that you might think like, oh, it's the biggest issue in the world. Like, oh, you know, like th- this person loves Trump and I hate Trump. But, or, you know, this person loves Biden and I hate Biden or, you know, what, what have you. You know, I'm, I'm not getting into politics here. I'm just pointing out that, you know, there's there's things that they seem like they're really big right now you know regardless of what it happens to be even even things that i would consider to be moral issues but stay away from those topics during the holiday because you never know how much time you're going to have left with these people and you may not appreciate them now but i guarantee you that if you go forward you go into the future this person that you spent the holiday arguing with, they pass away one reason or another, whether it's old age, cancer, they get hit by a car, you know, God forbid they get murdered, you know, what have you. You are not going to be thinking about how much, how, how glad you are that you stuck it to them when they were still alive. Unless you just really hated them, which I, I understand that does happen. But in general, you're just going to regret all the time you wasted arguing with them, especially like when it's a close family member. Just stay away from that stuff. Take your time to enjoy your time together because you never know how much time you still have left. You know, I, I, I don't ever want it to sound like it's a sob story. So, you know, I apologize if it ever comes across that way, but... I don't, both my parents are gone. My, my dad passed away five years ago. My mom passed away two years ago. And I will never get to talk to them again this side of heaven. That's just the reality. And it's something that I've had to live with. And I miss them. I miss them all the time. And sometimes it hits me harder than others. Holidays, it's been a long time since I really got to spend the holidays with them anyway. Because... They moved out of Alaska in 2015, and I didn't get to spend Thanksgiving or Christmas with them at all after that. In fact, 2014 was the last time that I got to spend Christmas with my parents. And I haven't, I I didn't get to get a Christmas with them after that at all, or Thanksgiving. So, do I have regrets that I didn't get those times with them? I mean, not necessarily. Financially, we just couldn't afford to make the trip. Um, and I, I, you know, we still got to see them, still got some time with them. I, you know, I, I moved out here in part to be close to my mom before she died. I got a couple months with her before she passed. Um, but I know that there have definitely been plenty of situations where I wish I could have spent more time with my family. And I, I mean, obviously I, you know, I definitely wish my parents were still alive. I wish I could 
still spend time with them. But, you know, now I have two of my three sisters live close by. And there are times where where I might clash with at least one of them. But it's important to me that I don't waste my time doing that, in a, you know, when I'm spending time with them, especially on the holidays. You know, just spend time enjoying each other's company. If, if I can't not clash with them, I'll, I'll hang out with, you know, one of the other family members and just, just have a good time together. Um, anyway, the T- TLDL of that is just don't waste time arguing about things that are going to make, that are going to make you mad at each other. Take your time to enjoy your time to get, that's it. All right. Very nice. Anything else? Uh, no, sir. All right. Well, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at my channel. I am Zeracon. That's I am. Wow. I am X-E-R-A-C-L-N. Uh, YouTube.com slash at I am Zeracon. Uh, Friday, which actually is today as of the video uh, going up. So later on today, I should say, around 9.30 Eastern Time, I will be doing a live stream, uh, something that I did a couple years ago, which was just a Batman Arkham Origins challenge where I just play through the game, see how far I can get without dying, uh, and then when it, once I die, which is I, I definitely think it's inevitable, uh, is when I end the stream. Uh, Last time, I thought I did pretty well. I think I made it through about maybe a third way through the game before dying. So I'll see how things go this year. Um, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting. And I don't, I'm not making any promises, but I would like to see if I can get the uh, achievement for going through the Deathstroke boss fight without failing a single counter. Well, I'm not making promises on that either. Right, <laughs> yeah. It was definitely easier to do on PC than it was on Wii U, though, for sure. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I know, I know, I you know, still failed a bit, but I'm pretty sure I actually beat him on my first try on PC, whereas on Wii U, it took me quite a few tries. Mm. I, I, I will just say as a side note, the Wii U version was so disappointing after the. Uh, Wii U version of Arkham City because Arkham City they did so many things with the gamepad and the Wii U they did nothing. I I, yeah. I I can't even remember if they had the map on the gamepad. I think they might have had that and that was they it. But it was like you know there was there was so many features that they had on Arkham City Armored Edition and it was like it was a really good use of the gamepad even if some of the motion control stuff was like meh, but. Yeah, Ar- Arkham Origin was disappointing from that standpoint. I enjoyed it a lot more when I played it on PC, though, because especially the load times when you're doing the fast travel, because it was like, I don't remember how long it took on Wii U, but it was a long time for, for that <laughs> travel screen. It, on PC, it was like instantaneous, practically. It was like actual fast travel, and it was fantastic. And Yeah. I think Arkham Origins is actually a better game than a lot of people give it credit for. 
initially when I played it, it was like, okay, this is good, but it's a little too samey. When I played it again after, I mean, when I was when I replayed through all the Arkham games, I actually enjoyed it a lot more. Even if I still think the Enigma stuff, the Enigma trophies were not as good as the, the regular Riddler trophies, um, or at least the puzzles related to those were not quite as good. But the one thing that I really appreciated about it is I felt like after you have the death of Joker at the end of Arkham City, and then Arkham Origins is like a flashback, and you get an idea of how Joker and Batman first met, and all of that. Regardless of how, I mean, I, I think that there's been numerous different iterations of that in the comics, but um, I thought that it was like a really poetic sort of thing where it like really kind of gave an idea of you know what what Batman might be kind of feeling to some degree going through, I mean you know it's like his nemesis is dead and now he you know thinking back to what it was that started it all I don't know anyway I, I just thought that was really cool the, the second time I played through those games and they're fantastic games oh yeah we didn't even talk about the whole Suicide Squad thing you and I will have to talk about oh. that after this just briefly because ooh <laughs> actually that's that's my second dissuasion don't buy Suicide Squad do not buy do not support the garbage that they did with that and I'm not going to get into all that if you're curious about it you can look at some of the leaks either way just don't trust them on this this is not a true sequel to Arkham they are serious not at all it's something completely separate and it is trash stay away from it Anyway. All right. Um, where people can find me, I uh, you can find me youtube.com slash at thefrozengamer87. Um, lately, I've been putting out these uh, Steam Deck OLED versus Switch OLED comparison videos where you can watch both of them um, on the actual uh, system screens rather than it just being recorded gameplay um, done through a PC because... That's not a great indicator. The main thing is, is you want to see how it looks on the OLED screen. Because that's why you get the OLED. Is because you want to play it on that screen. And um, it's, it's been pretty cool. You know, so far we've done Doom 2016, Doom Eternal, and Ghost Runner. Uh, the next one I'm going to be putting up. I haven't decided exactly which one it is. But I do have uh, Borderlands 2 is one of the ones that's going, that's going up soon. Dragon Quest Eleven, um, And... I can't remember if there was another one that I recorded. It might have just been those. Those two were the only ones that I have recorded currently. But there's a bunch more in the works. I have Bioshock Remastered downloaded on on the Switch, and I'll download it on the Steam Deck. Compare those among many, many other games. Like I said, I have about 27 or so games um, just that I own on both platforms that I can do some comparisons. So look forward to more of those. Um, Next week, I will be announcing, uh, God willing, next week, I will be announcing uh, this other project that I've been working on and that is going to launch beginning of January. Um, I don't know if it'll be actually January 1st or not. I haven't figured out specific dates, but it's going to be close to there. It's going to start in January, and um, I'll have more information about that next week. But either way, yeah, it's good stuff. And looking forward to bringing it out and hopefully seeing how it does all right 
So, as always, I am the Frozen Gamer 87. That is I am Zeracon. We are the Orange Box Podcast, and until next time, have a Merry Christmas. Orange Box Podcast, out. <laughs>